millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to a Bank Holiday GA podcast. I'm Larry Ryan in for Colm O'Connor this week. Before we get going, I should let you know that we'll be back on Wednesday this week for a full-scale preview of this year's Hurling Championships with Anthony Daly, Jerk Cunningham and another special guest in studio. But to keep things ticking over, today we'll hear from some of the managers ahead of the Munster Hurling Championship. I was out and about at the launch of the Munster Championships at the Gold Coast Hotel in Dungarvan this week and many thanks to the Munster Council and the hotel for their hospitality. Uh, the big story of the event was undoubtedly the phenomenal appetite for chicken goujons displayed by our own own Cormacan. But it was also very clear what kind of psychological warfare Limerick had been waging in terms of the jersey that Dan Morrissey was sent in, which must have been at least two sizes too small for him. Liam Sheedy was impressed by the continued speed of the Tipperary rumour mill, which had Owen Kelly appointed as a selector within minutes of him being spotted at a recent challenge match in Leash. Liam insists Owen is just on board through the odd free-taking session with Callanan and Ford and co. Anyway... I managed to catch a quick chat with Liam Sheedy, John Myler and John Kiley ahead of the big throw-in on Sunday. We managed to work in a bit of chat about Barcelona and Manchester City and Gagan pressing and all that kind of thing. Um, but I've started by asking Corpos John Myler if managers must actually, with this new format, look beyond the first game of the Championship. Oh, your focus um, on the Munster Championship is your first match against Tipperary on Sunday week and that's the critical game. Uh, you're really looking at that. You need to focus on that. You cannot focus on the other three matches because, you know, it's it, Tipperary match will determine a lot. Uh, so our main focus is on that match. Can you have in the back of your mind players that you might want to use in week two or three? Or is no, no. You, 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 your sole focus is on Tipperary. And you need to get your best team out there. It's a home match. It's a home performance. That's really what you're looking for. You're trying to get your best players on the field, get the best performance you can, get your two points, and then get ready for the second match. And and that's the focus. There's no other focus other than that. Hurling has become a, like a very tactical game in recent years and obviously a very skillful game. But how much, how much of the result of those big games comes down to intensity that the savage hunger I suppose a lot, a lot of it has to do with if, if you look at the matches really the key word here is temperament the key word is intensity and um, you know it's the work rate off the ball it's the work rate on the ball it's when you have the ball you need to use it and when you don't have the ball uh, you need to work to get the ball back and so it's that intensity that work rate that you're trying to up all the time you're trying to maintain high levels of intensity high levels of work rate and it's your temperament then on the day making the right decision at the right time you know when you go uh, for point scoring goal scoring or whatever to take the opportunity at the most important time as distinct from possibly shooting from 80 yards out instead of maybe a passing 40 yards to a person in a better position who will have a better 80-90% chance of scoring. So a few critical points are temperament, intensity, work rate, really critical. 
you obviously know know the soccer very well, and there's been a lot of talk that that hurling has borrowed a lot from Gaelic football in recent years. But for a game like that's obviously a lot more difficult to keep possession in hurling, like soccer, is hurling borrowing a fair bit from soccer now in terms of, as you say, winning the ball back? You look at if you look at Man City, you probably in Barcelona. Um, there's a very good um, film out about uh, Barcelona take the ball, pass the ball. So if you look at that, their whole idea is that you keep possession of the ball, but you move it quickly. Mm. There's really only one touch. And if you watch Man City at present, there's one touch. They move the ball quickly. You know, they move the ball to the fella in the better position. So it's about triangles. It's about angles of delivery and all of that. And then when you don't have the ball, the high intensity, the high press, the high work rate to get the ball back. And that's critical now in the modern game. You mentioned earlier, John, about uh, players taking the right option. Um, like, has that been a has that been a major change in the game in recent years? Like the importance of players taking the percentage shot rather than shooting from silly angles. That that comes down to discipline. Yeah. That comes down to discipline. That comes down to temperament. That comes down to decision making. You cannot have. Um, a wing back of midfielder shooting from 80, 90 yards out when you have players of the calibre of Conor Lehan, Patrick Horgan, Alan Cadigan, Shane King sitting inside in the full forward line. It's their primary function, primary focus is to score from inside, probably 20, 30, 40 yards. And there's a greater percentage of, of, of success if the ball is, you know, if you're shooting from inside 20, 30 yards, where the percentage goes down if you go 60, 70, 80 yards out from midfield. So, it's the decision-making process that's critical. And yet hurling is a game of instinct. Is it, is it a fine balance not to curb a guy's instinct? Like Patrick Horgan, obviously, if he thinks something is on, you kind of have... Fitzgibbon is, is that type of player. Fitzgibbon has that X factor, really, that instinct, that, that ability, you know, a bit like Keen Lynch and that. There's, yeah. there's something different, there's something unique about him. So, you know, they have that ability to run down the sideline, put a ball over the bar from 60, 70 yards. So you, you can't really... Uh, deny a player that privilege that you know I mean but, but what you're trying to improve is the percentage success rate at, at, at point shooting really that's ultimately is it you have to know your player. You obviously don't give him a bollock, and if he puts one wide, like the very you know, you must know your players. You must yeah. know the strengths of your players. You must know whether they're strong off their right side or off their left side. So, yeah. you know, for instance, one or two players will be strong off their right. One or two players will be strong off their left. So you say in in the circumstance when you find yourself on your weaker side, then your decision making process has to kick in that you give the ball to the fell in the better position, and that's critical. How much heart do you take from last year from running the Ireland champion so close? Look, if if, if if you look at last year, if you look at last year, we retained our Munster Championship. Uh, we were unbeaten in Munster last year. Um, you know, we drew with Limerick and Tip won against Clare and Waterford and, and beat Clare in the Munster final. So from the point of view of Munster was a success last year. Getting, you know, level with Limerick, you know, going into extra time and, and then running out of gas really, you know, uh, We've looked at that since over the summer, and we've tried to strengthen the panel. And you know that that we're not that far away, and and um, you know, but yet you could be a million miles away, and you start off again now on Sunday week with another match against Tipperary with a new manager who has bringing a huge uh, experience to the table. So look, it's going to be competitive, uh, difficult, uh, intense, all of those things and really the temperament then, as I said, the temperament, the intensity and the work rate really have got to match that. Next up was Tipperary boss Liam Sheedy. Um, I started off by asking Liam how much has changed since his last spell at the Tip Helm? 
Ah, look, it's it's fairly full on, you know. I mean, everyone's looking for the edge. Um, you know, if your backroom teams are getting bigger and bigger, I suppose a huge amount of emphasis put on, you know, analysing your own performance and analysing the opposition. So, you look, I suppose it hasn't changed dramatically at the end of the day. Whoever scores the most wins the game. Um, you know, that's the one constant in all of this. But, uh, you know, I would say, you know, to be to be back working with, you know, top-class athletes, top-class players and a, a really committed bunch is, uh, is a huge pleasure. And, and in that regard, I suppose not a lot has changed. Obviously, one thing, big thing that's changed is the format. Um, for you, I was, I, was, I was talking to John Myler about this as well now. How can you look at this thing as a whole, or do you have to focus completely on Cork? Like, can you be thinking, look, I might use that lad in week two or week three, or are you looking at your squad already, or is it purely Cork you're, you're kind of looking at? No, I think the bottom line is it makes for a very, very, very competitive panel. You know, I suppose the reality is that, you know, a number of guys are going to feature. You know, you might have guys that will feature early on and, you know, because of knocks or injuries, you know, we find ourselves playing two weeks in a row to start. So, you know, it, you know, there's a chance if you pick up any sort of a knock in day one, you may not feature day two. So, you know, you've got to plot, I suppose, with with the full extent of the Munster Championship available. But I suppose after that, then you've, you've got to take it match by match because, um, you know, obviously, you know, recovery is going to be a big part of the, of the, of the Munster Championship it's hugely different you know back previously if you won in the Munster Championship you know you potentially got three four or five week break um, whereas now it's just week on week you know and so from that perspective Tip had a, had a tough uh, run last year they, had, they, they were on four weeks in a row so for us this year you know we play week one we play week two then we have a week's break we have another match we have a week's break another match so you know it's it's a little bit more staggered for us but you know certainly will be we, you know the, the recovery uh, is going to be hugely important but also the strength of your panel is going to be massive When you were looking at Tip last year as a pundit, I suppose, could you see little signs, not so much that they weren't at it, but that look, the intensity wasn't quite there, or did you kind of know things last year that you kind of have to be aware of this year? I think you'd have to say the tip were, you know, were somewhat unlucky. I mean, obviously they drew two games, you know, and the margins are so tight, you know, a one-point victory. And they were sitting on four points in 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 both of the games, you know, um, you know, certainly from that point of view. And look, you know, in, in fairness, that that themselves and Clare was a rip roaring battle. Tip led right to the death, and and Clare came and got the killer blow with the with, with the goal. So, I think in all aspects of the Munster Championship, Larry, I don't think there's a whole pile between any of the teams. You know, everyone is going to go into battle knowing that if they bring their their top performance, they have they have a chance of winning. And I think that's what makes the Munster Championship so special. I think everybody's looking in. If you talk to ten different pundits, they'll all probably pick, you know different winners and, and some of them will pick different uh, trees that they feel will get in but you know for all teams that are going into the most championship so ultimately there's a massive want to try and get into the final but most importantly of all to try and qualify in the top three and, and progress into the mm. All-Ireland series but I mean you know whichever tree it is they're certainly going to have to earn it You mentioned uh, during the league and you mentioned since you started uh, back in the job maybe the need to rebuild the connection with the Tipperary supporters and all of that where do you think that is now how far have you gone Rebuilding that connection, how did how overall how did you look at the league in terms of that process? Well, we certainly didn't peak too soon. Anyway, I guess you'd have to say, you know, I mean, our our form in the league was patchy. Uh, I think we did show flashes of some really really good play, and then you know there was periods in in games, and unfortunately for our in our instance maybe too long a period where we weren't you know really at the pitch of it uh and look that's what we spent the last number of weeks working on you know you won't really know until championship but you know we are a proud hurling county uh we know exactly what we're facing into in this monster championship they're going to be fantastic matches and you know I, i'd like to think that for periods of the game where we did play the fans would have been very happy with what they've seen and I suppose look you're you're hoping that come championship it will really whet the appetite uh you know it's 20 euros a ticket kids get in for a fiver so you'd like to think that you know the, the Tipperary people will 
will get behind this team because I guess you know what I've seen from them is the the effort that each of these guys are putting in is phenomenal. Um, and I know it's the same in every county, but certainly from 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 the respect of our of our own county, I'd I'd love to think that uh, you know they will they will acknowledge that with a bit with a big following because uh, you know I, I think uh, as I said they've they've left no stone unturned in their preparation and as a county and as a manager you can't ask for any more. Can we believe what we see in the league? Like I mean, as you say, you were absolutely brilliant for. 25 minutes, half an hour against Cork, completely blew them away. The theories in Cork are, Cork are pulling the handbrake that day or whatever. Like, can you just target certain parts of matches during the league or is, is, that, is that unrealistic? Ah, look, I think, you know, league and championship are different animals. I mean, we've seen that in Cork, you know, we've seen Cork play the relegation final last year uh, in 2018 and went out and, you know, they've been unbeaten in, in the Munster Championship for the past two years. They're going for three in a row in Munster and, as I said, to have to have gotten to that feat, understanding they had four matches to play last year and, and remained unbeaten, I think, uh, you know, it really is all about championship and, you know, the league, I think, is a, is a wonderful competition in its own right, but it is a building block and it is in preparation and, look, we're happy that we got some game time into a lot of our our, 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 our players and we also got to see some new faces across the league so you know overall I think you, you just want to be able to get to the end of the league knowing that um, you know you, you've, you've got your panel more or less assembled and, and you can fine tune for championship but we've we've put in a lot of work since since then and obviously um, Cork would be no different so you know when we when we go to battle in on, on the 12th of May you know I think uh, league form goes out the window and it, it, it is ultimately all about the championship. One of the narratives around tip uh, for this championship is, is kind of Liam Sheedy coming back and for one last hurrah with the old stagers who have battled for so long with Tip and won so much and had heartbreak as well um, you brought Jason Ford with you today for this launch like is it in a way is it up to the likes of Jason Ford and John McGrand that to be maybe emblems of a new team and take some of the pressure off those lads who have carried who have done so much for Tip for so long yeah, look, I think it's important you have a blend in the in the panel. You know, I feel in a very fortunate position where you know we have guys who are, who um, obviously have all our medals, and I think having that experience within your squad is very very beneficial. I think you know, as you said, you rightly point out to the middle crop. You know, the Dan McCormacks, the the Carl Barretts, the you know the John of the Wires, the Jasons, and these guys. Um, you know. Who are who are really really good players and and they're they're sort of in that middle and then we've got the youth you know there's eleven members of the panel who who all got their hands on all Ireland under one medals last year you know and I think that's that's really really beneficial so overall I think you know you know you need a blend of youth you need a blend of experience and you need a good solid core in the middle and I, I feel that the mix and the makeup of our panel I, I'd be very very happy with it. Just one last thing on the league like the this this. Hullabaloo over over who takes the freeze, uh, Jason or, or or Jamie? Is that something that you you preferred? Kind of didn't become a story, or was that how you set out the plan? How, how you planned it from the start of the league that you kind of almost shared the duties a little bit? Yeah, and no, look, I think we're we're very fortunate. We have, you know, I I'd be happy to say that we have five dead ball. Uh, takers within within the panel, you know, we're blessed with with some really really good talent can t- that can do that from a place ball perspective. You know, as I said, loads of them they got loads of action within the league. They've had loads of action since, and I'd be very very happy that you know when we get when we get the opportunity of the dead ball in in, in championship that we'll have a player well capable of standing up. And I think you can't just rely on on one player these days. You know, there's the danger of an knock, there's the danger of an injury. And as I said, we've that's that's an area of our game that we feel will be we'll, we we've prepped very well for, and we're we're looking forward to that part of our game in in the championship 2019. Would you have nailed down a one, two, three by now? Ah, look, it's not a question of nailing it down. I suppose. Look, ultimately, when the team is picked, we'll nail down exactly who our who our, our free taker is. We're a bit out from that, yes. Uh, but as I said, overall, I'd be very happy that uh, whatever whatever ends up catching us out, it won't be it won't be the, our our inability to to convert frees.
Now Limerick get to sit out the first week of the Munster Championship and uh, John Kiley wasn't entirely sure how he felt about that. Um, John was also enjoying the chicken goujons which he said made a nice change from the boiled chicken that he has to endure at Limerick training every evening uh, which is obviously the stuff that has um, Dan Morris in the shape he's in. Anyway with John uh, we talked a little bit more about soccer tactics um, also how you can get players to, to express themselves while still getting to the right thing for the team and I suppose just a little bit about the different psychological hurdles Limerick face this year defending their crown. John, you're going you're going too well. You must be fierce worried going into this once for championship. Yeah, I was expecting that to be honest, with you, you know. Um I suppose listen, the league is the league and it's the, it's the first main competition of the year, but it's it's put to bed now for us, you know. We've the lads have been back with the clubs now for three weeks and we're just back now at the last week training for the, the championship, so all eyes are on the, the 19th of May and Cork coming to town and, uh, you know, to give us a nice trim in the league. And I suppose, you know, the first game is a very, very important game as well. And uh, I suppose ultimately we're just looking to get our performance levels up as high as we possibly can for that game now over the next couple of weeks. I suspect there's a small part of you that's not terribly displeased that she got uh, beaten from Cork in that match, eh? Listen, you never go, like to go out and play play poorly, but we were we were poor on the day, you know. Um, our levels of performance on the day dipped, and it was a timely reminder, really, for the lads that you know that you have to be on the money every single day. So, um, listen, I have no doubt that you know, come the nineteenth of May, you know, our focus will be very clear, and you know, motivation levels will be exceptionally high. So, I've no worries in that regard. Um, I suppose, you know, looking at last year's championship, you know, you could see how influential the the home games were so you know it's very important for teams to, you know to, to do well in their home games and get as many points as they possibly can but ultimately each day you go out there's two points on the board and you have to try and get your best make, make your best effort to, to pull in as much of those points as you can you mentioned at the end of last year that you'd be keeping an eye out for any any fellow who, who came back too satisfied I, I wouldn't expect you to name any names but did anyone come back too satisfied with themselves no sure listen you, you know you could see for yourself like but by, by the, the the quality of the performances during the course of the league they, they were continuously improving as we went along and you know we used a, a wide spread of players during the course of the league as well like the lads know themselves that the level of competition for their place is is is, is very you know significant so they can't afford to take their eye off the ball because if they do they'll be sitting down and that's the bottom line so um you know in that regard we haven't had any difficulties thank god it was a bit of an unknown quantity as to how they would come back at the end of the day, you know, because it was a first time for us and, you know, you never know what way lads are going to handle it. But to be fair to the lads, they've been phenomenal, really. You know, they've they've dealt with quite a difficult situation very, very well and very maturely. And, you know, it, it seems like a long, long time ago now, you know. It seems like, it seems like an eternity ago. And, you know, it's consigned to the history books, it's consigned to our memories and it's a case of looking forward now and looking for the next challenge and we won't have too long to wait for that challenge to come our way. Was was the loss of Caroline Corrida a setback? No, a different psychological task this year, I suppose. Was that a, was that a blood preparation or how is Tony O'Gregan getting on since he came in? Um, yeah, listen, I suppose, you know, Caroline did a, phen- a phenomenal job with us over the last couple of years um, but it's like any organisation or business, people will come, people will go you know, uh, Caroline has her own reasons for moving on to, the, to her next project. So, um, Tony Oak has come in and has hit the ground running. He's been phenomenal and uh, he's getting on fantastically well with the players and working extremely hard. And it's, you know, like every business or, or organisation, fresh faces, fresh voices, you know, are great to freshen things up. And you can't maintain the same group of people all the time. You need to keep changing and you need to keep bringing new faces and voices in. And I think that's been uh, maybe a plus for us this year.
tactics wise I was talking to John Myler and he, he was kind of mentioning um, Barcelona and Manchester City in, 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 in terms of the way hurling is almost borrowed from soccer a little bit in recent years in terms of creating triangles and maintaining possession I get the impression maybe in the way in, in terms of the way Limerick play that you might borrow a little bit from Liverpool um, you're not you're not bad at the, the gig and pressing I suppose the, you know sport has Gaelic games in particular has become more professional in its approach and the, there's a, a premium value on, on possession so uh, it's the same I suppose in the soccer you know possession is, is, is very important to the game so players are trying to retain ball as as much as they can until they can find the right pass to, to create an opening for, for a chance and that's just reflected in the way all the teams are playing to be honest you know Cocker no different Cocker in actual fact have been doing it for uh, maybe the guts of 15, 20 years you know like yeah, you know yeah, the O'Connors were, 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 were uh, you know the protagonists of that at its best you know and its pomp yeah. so uh, I think it's just the way the game is evolving and that's every sport evolves over time this is maybe ev- an evolution of the game at the moment who's to say where the next evolution is going to come from and who knows what t- what shape it'll take but for the moment that seems to be a very important aspect of the game and all the teams are looking to retain the ball as much as they possibly can and win the, bo- and and win the ball back by, by setting traps almost for the opposition well, I, w- I wouldn't say necessarily traps but you know Players obviously want to have possession of the ball. You're not going to score without it, so you know you're going to work exceptionally hard to get it back if you haven't got it. So, and you're going to try and pressurise the opposition as much as you possibly can, because if if they're in possession, they obviously can create chances, and you want to reduce the number of chances as much as you can. Uh, another thing I talked about with John earlier was uh, about players taking the percentage option. Um, is it a fine balance in the game now between getting players to do the right thing for the team and 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 sort of curbing their their instincts or their individuality? Um, for instance, that you know that goal that Aaron Galan got in the in, in the league final. Um, like, is there a danger that by by always getting players to do the right thing that you 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 could coach that kind of thing out of players? Well, what I would say is that you know, as management, we try to put as few limitations on the on the players as possible and allow them to play with instinct as as much as possible. You know, the, the game is a really fast game, so you haven't got much time to think. Your your decision making has to be on the money. And, you know, for, for that particular goal that Aaron scored, you know, I think he made a really, really good decision, you know, in a split second. He he realised he couldn't control it or catch it. So he just decided to get, as if if he could, a touch on the ball. And the speed it was travelling at, it gave the keeper very little chance, you know. So it was an amazing piece of skill. It was beautiful to see it. Uh, I actually missed it because I'd went back to the play. I was talking <laughs> to the selectors. It happened that fast. But, um, you know, I think... But if he flicks it, if he flicks it a mile wide, yeah, you, you know, and you're getting on to him, will you take that into you there, Aaron? Come on. No, I wouldn't. No, not at all. Not at all. Like forwards in particular have to be very instinctful, and um, I think you know you grow to trust them. And I, I don't mind them taking a few risks every now and again either. You know, you have to take a few risks and a few gambles. And you know, on that occasion, the gamble paid off. Uh, another day, he could miss it completely, and sure, you know, uh, yeah, it's it's on with the next ball. You know, so. Um, but going back to your original point, you know, you know, the, taking the instinctiveness out of the game, I don't think so. I think uh, all the coaches are very 
uh, encouraging of their players to, to act on, on their instinct and to maybe see things uh, as, as quickly as they can uh, evolving and to execute them as best they possibly can. I think that's the difference really now is that the, the current crop of players that are out there, you know, their skill levels are exceptionally high. Their ball control, their touch, their striking is incredible and they're very accurate. And, you know, that might make it look like a pr- very precise game, but that's just them ex- executing the skills of the game at an exceptionally high level, maybe higher than any other generation of hurlers in the past. Finally, then, are you pleased to have a ringside seat for the first weekend, or would you rather be, be straight down to action? Um, that's that's a hard one, really, to be honest. You know, I think ultimately we all want to get out and get at it and get on with it, you know. Uh, we're working hard at the moment in our preparations, and I've no doubt that by two to three weeks time you know we, we will be ready to, to engage in the championship and put our best foot forward um, you know the other teams have that opportunity to get out the week before us and for some they'll be glad to have had that and maybe for others they might not because you know it's all results dependent at the end of the day you know those teams coming out at the back of the, the first round maybe without having uh, got what they wanted out of it will be under pressure going into the second rounds so there's no two ways about that because if, you, if you're under pressure after round one you know you have to start um get on these points somewhere along the way, you know, and your 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 opportunities are running running uh, running low. So it's it's a case of uh just get concentrating ourselves on or getting ourselves as right as we can, getting our preparations right, tactically, physically, uh mentally and being ready on the nineteenth of May of to put our best foot forward in the Gaelic grounds when Cork come to town, that's it. That's all we have for today. You can uh, listen to the podcast on SoundCloud, on iTunes and on irishexaminer.com forward slash podcast. Just a reminder again that we'll be back on Wednesday uh, with a special hurling preview podcast with Anthony Daly, Jerk Cunningham and somebody else that I haven't told who it is yet, but it'll be good. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.